When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trade in the Stock Market. In today's episode, we're doing a follow-up from a guy from Australia. You might have remembered him as Barry. And Barry asked some pretty thought-provoking questions. One of them that really stood out to me was talking to me about reconciling what the Bible said about gambling and how it pertains to the stock market, which is a real fascinating question and one that I really wanted to spend a lot of time in and answering. But this episode, we're talking a little bit more about the stop losses, stop loss management, using some leverage. So we're going back more into like the traditional questions here. And so I'll go ahead and read the email to you that Barry writes. He says, hey, Ryan, happy Easter to you, which it's a little bit past Easter, but hey, I try to read the email in its entirety. He says, I have a bunch of questions to follow up with you on since my last email. I'm really enjoying my trading at the moment. I'm making steady gains and I'm continuing to listen to your podcast. Question one, I know that you usually allocate the same amount of capital to each trade and take profits along the way. However, do you ever add to your position as you go? I recently added more capital to my brokerage account, so I'm trading with around $800. I have around $100 allocated to each position. Second part of the question, I know that you keep your risk as tight as possible to improve your risk-reward ratio. However, do you ever use leverage on a stock if the risk is low? Question number two. So that question one kind of had two questions to it, but anyways, we're on to question two. He says, if there's a turn in the market, for example, a decline in stock value across the market, it's a real big red day. Do you close your positions or do you write it out to see if your stop loss gets hit? Second part of the question, do you pay much attention to the intraday price action of a stock? And do you wait until the end of the trading day to take partial profits? I'm generally taking profits at around 3% gains in the position. Wow, he added a few more questions within the question. So his questions are more of like a series of questions. So he goes, oh, wait, there's another paragraph here, too. He says, also, when raising your stop loss, do you wait till after the trading session is closed? And with a key support level, do you wait for a pullback on the chart where the candles pull back twice? For example, on a 30-minute chart, do you wait for a pullback on a bullish hammer candle or wait two candle pullbacks to the same level? Question number three, do you ever trade commodities and indices if you can manage the risk? Thanks again, Ryan. Cheers, Barry. Now, you gave me the opportunity to add a different name, but if sake of keeping the names the same when when I'm doing a follow-up episode, 
I'm going to give him the name Barry. But what am I drinking for this episode? I'm drinking Buffalo Trace Weeded Mash. It's actually clear. It's what I consider like the Crystal Pepsi of bourbon, right? Because, you know, the back in the 90s, they came out with Crystal Pepsi. It was actually not bad. I, I kind of thought it was good. I drank it all the time back in the 90s. But this is called White Dog Weeded Mash Corn Wheat and Barley Recipe of 57% Alcohol, 114 Proof. So pretty strong. The reason why it's clear is because they don't put it in the barrels, according to my understanding. But it's not bad. It's got a strong ethanol flavor, but and it doesn't have much smell, but it's, it's not bad. I mean, I, I probably give it like a 4.8. In any case, <laughs> so Barry from Australia here, we want to we stay on task here, right? Sometimes you guys give me a little heat for talking too much about bourbon. But question one, he has an $800 account. He's trading with about $100 on each position. So in the grand scheme of things, that comes out to about 12.5%. That's actually what I do about on each one of my positions. I do about 12.5%. So in this question, he asks, do I ever add to a position as I go? No, I don't. And the reason why, and, there, and there's a number of reasons for it. If I add to a position as I go, there's not a lot of scenarios that works in my favor. Now, I know some of you will disagree with me for saying that, but here's the reason why. If I want to get into a stock, let's say XYZ, right? I always have an XYZ or an ABC stock at 100, but it's easiest to be able to just explain it to you using very simplistic terms when you're listening to it and not seeing it on a chart. So I buy stock XYZ at $100 and I have a stop loss. Again, we're making it simple. I don't necessarily use 10% stop losses, but will you do it in this example? I put a stop loss at $90 and then my initial position, and let's say it's a third of a position. I get in a third at $100 and then the stock moves up to 105 and I add another third. And then the stock moves up to 110 and I add another third. Okay. Now I have a buy-in price that's 5% higher than where I originally got in. So I've seen the stock move 10%, but I'm really only up 5% on the trade at this point in time. That's not the best situation to be in because if there is a reversal and let's say it goes all the way back down and it hits my stop loss at 90, then I've taken a bigger lost than just 10%. It's more like closer to 15%. That's not really something that I would be thrilled about. And we talk about so often keeping risk tight. Well, if you're adding as the stock goes up, you're actually increasing your risk, assuming you're not moving your stop loss as well. Now, I get that if you only go in with a third of a position and the stock goes back down and takes you out of your stop loss, you're not losing as much. And then there's some people who want to only add if they get into the trade and it starts to pull back. Like for instance, they get in with a third of a position at 100 and it drops down to 97 and then they're adding another third and then it drops down to 95 and they're adding another third. And if it hits 90 and it stops them out, yes, they're taking a smaller loss on the trade than if they had just gotten in at 90. The problem is if it's a really good trade, I want to have a full position on it. You know, when it starts going down to 97 and then to 95, yeah, you're adding to your position and getting a full position, but that's not like the ideal trade scenario. I mean, it's going against you for a period of time. Maybe it's a breakout that takes place and then it pulls back down and, and underneath the breakout level. And then you're adding to it at that point. To me, I'd want to be adding above the breakout level. And so let's say you have a really good trade and it doesn't actually dip down, but you have a, you've put a third on at 100 and it goes to 105 and 110 and 120 and 130. But then you, you only got in with a third of a position from the get-go. So you really can't even take profits at that point. You're taking like a third of a third or a quarter of a third of a position. And it just really doesn't play into like making good solid profits over the long term. So that's my frustration with adding to my position as I go. 
I also go into each one of my trades believing that they're a, a good trade setup, not necessarily that they're going to win. I kind of assume every trade's going to lose, but it doesn't mean that they're not good trade setups, but I just assume that they're going to lose so that I take the risk side of the trade serious each and every time because oftentimes we get excited about a good trade setup and then we like lose all sense of managing the risk on it or if it doesn't go according to the way we want it to go, it becomes such a huge disappointment because we had so much optimism on it. So it's good to have optimism on a trade setup but you should always assume that the trade's going to stop you out so that you'll always take the risk serious. I know that kind of bumps heads a little bit there and it might not make sense, but it really does make sense, believe it or not. Now, in my long-term portfolio, I do add positions over time. I mean, I don't start off with a full position, especially in this bearish market that we've been in since 2022. Yes, I know we've actually rallied pretty well off of the lows, but when we start getting these significant pullbacks in the market, I do like to add to long-term positions that I know that I'm going to hold for, you know, 10, 20 years or, or maybe even longer. Maybe it'll be my kids figuring out when to close the trade out. But those are more from the long-term perspective. And I like to build a position over time using, you know, just like incremental ads to my position. What's cool about doing it that way is that so many of your brokerages now, for instance, like Fidelity, you can buy $100 of a stock each week if you want, or $50 or $20 or $10. And you can just keep adding to it, even if it doesn't equal it to a full share. It's really a cool aspect of the fractional share buying that you can do these days. And what also is really cool is swingtradingthestockmarket.com. If you sign up for swingtradingthestockmarket.com, you're going to get my stock market research each and every day. That's going to include multiple videos, daily watch lists, weekly bullish and bearish master watch list updates. You're also going to get updates on all the big tech stocks and on the indices as well. So check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. It's really, really cool. And in the process, you're helping to support this podcast. So the second part of question one, he asks, I know that you keep risk as tight as possible to improve your risk reward ratio. However, do you ever use leverage on a stock if the risk is low? It's tempting, right? If you take a stock like McDonald's, for instance, very low beta, take a stock like Walmart, very low beta. I mean, there's a lot of them. You got a lot of utility stocks out there that are like that. Costco. I mean, sometimes Costco can act up a little bit, but by and large, I mean, these are stocks that are kind of like slow movers, but would I ever use leverage on them? No. I mean, I'm a firm believer in trading the, the capital that I have. I think that mindset of going into leverage with your positions will eventually start pushing you towards the realm of prop trading, which I think is a very dangerous habit to create where you're leveraging your money 20 and 25 to one. It's just so bad to do. It's almost guaranteed you're going to blow up your account if you start going in that direction. But even in trading with margin, you got to ask yourself too, if I'm trading with margin, it's very difficult right now, especially with the interest rates right now, you're looking at like 14% margin rates. I mean, I was just looking at it on thinkorswim the other day and it was like 14% and granted, that's because the Fed keeps raising rates. So as a result, the interest that they charge for using margin is going to be higher. And so you got to take that into account. I like just shorting the buy outright. I think there's a lot to gain from that. But I'm using SH right now because the margin for shorting, and it doesn't matter if you're leveraging your portfolio or not. When you're shorting a stock, you're borrowing it. So you're automatically going to be charged interest for borrowing a stock because that's what shorting is. You're borrowing shares from your broker and then you're selling them on the open market, but you still have to pay back your broker. So regardless if you got all that cash to cover it or not, you're still paying interest. So do I use leverage on a stock if the risk is low? Definitely not, especially in this environment where, I mean, how much do you expect if it's a low, low risk stock for it to make a return? Let's say you expect it to make a 15% return in the given year, well, interest rates are at 14%. So you're risking all that extra money. 
for a 1% gain, that wouldn't work for me. Or if you're expecting like a 10% return and you're going to be paying 14% interest, that doesn't work either. And it doesn't have to be just from one stock. It can be like what you expect to make by using leverage over the course of the year among, you know, 15 or 20 different trades that you might make using that leverage. Is it going to be more than the 14% your brokerage is charging you? If not, then it's not even worth doing it. It's really not even worth doing it when you consider the risk of doing it if you think that you can make 15% or 20% probably. I just wouldn't do it. And so that's probably, I don't know if a lot of people even check the interest rates when it comes to margin. I hope they do, but that's a great reason not to use margin. I mean, there's a lot of other reasons that I could give, but the interest that they're charging on margin right now is definitely a reason not to use margin. And when they cut rates, when the Fed cuts rates one day, would I use it then? No. Because then you're starting to think about the whole idea of, I need to make profits. I need to make money in the stock market. And you're not really putting what's the most important thing, and that is managing risk. And when you increase the leverage on a trade, when you're using margin, then all of a sudden you're expanding your risk because you're using money that's not yours. And trust me, the brokerages aren't going to lose their money first. You're going to lose your money first. And so even if they do lose their money, they're going to tell you to pay it back because that's what you agreed to do. The next question, and that was all just question one, but it was a good question. We may have to make this two episodes. If there is a turn in the market, for example, a decline in stock values across the board, you have a strong red day to the downside. Do you close your positions or do you write it out and see if your stop loss is hit? Second part of this question, do you pay much attention to the intraday price swings of a stock? And do you wait till the end of the trading day to take partial profit? I'm generally taking partial profits at around 3% gains in the position. Again, another good question. Yes, I'll do that all the time, actually. If I'm in a good trade and the stocks made a good run and the market conditions start to turn on me, I will take profits. Uh, sometimes I'll take only partial profits if I'm just a, a little bit concerned. But if there's like a significant concern there, I'll close out the whole position. No questions about it. And the reason why is this. I use a top-down trading strategy. So I'm looking at the first off, am I trading in the direction of the market? Second one is, my, am I trading stocks that are in the right sectors and in the right industries? So if the stock that I'm trading doesn't align with the industry, the sector, and the market that I'm trading, the overall market direction, then I don't want to be in that stock. Now, sometimes that can be frustrating because it results in a you know saying no to yourself on a lot of trade setups. But if I'm in a trade and it's going well and I start seeing the sector turn for the worst or I see the industry start turning for the worst, or more importantly, I start seeing the market turn for the worst. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to close out the trade at that point. Otherwise, you're putting your profits at risk. And so using that top-down trading strategy, it doesn't just apply to getting in the trades, but it also deals with how you manage your trades and when you get out of the trades as well. And I do pay attention to the intraday price actions of the stock. Do I necessarily base all of my decisions off of what I see during the course of the day? If we uh, you know, pop 2% and drop 1%, does that mean I'm going to get out because we've given up half the day's gains? No. Usually what I'm looking at is the daily candle. How is that daily candle, what it looks like it's going to be printing as in the last 10 to 15 minutes of trading? How does that affect the stock going forward? Is all of a sudden the thesis for why I got into it originally, is that null and void? If it is, that's a good reason to close out the trade. But if it doesn't jeopardize the reasoning by behind staying in the trade, then I'll remain in it. So a lot of those decisions usually do come at the end of the trading day. But if there's something significant that's happening in the beginning that might have materialized overnight and say like the Chinese markets or the European markets, or there was some really bad piece of news that came out in the pre-market, then yeah, I might go ahead and start booking some profits, some or all of them at the open. And he talks about how he generally takes partial profits at around 3% in the position. 
I think at the very least, trying to take profits where you where you're getting a one to one return on your trade for that first third is important. I think you can go from like a one to one and then take another third at two to one, and then if you can take the last third at three to one, that's even better because then you're ensuring that you come out with a two to one return. It's even better if you can go beyond the three to one on the last third and let that winner run wild. That's phenomenal when you're able to do that as well. So we only got to half of his questions. I'm actually excited about doing the second half on the next podcast episode from Barry here. Lots of good questions and hopefully it's it's helping you guys. Again, this Buffalo Trace white dog weeded mash, I would probably pass on it. It only costs 20 bucks. It's it's probably, you know, a nice showpiece because people ask questions. What the heck is that? Because it's clear Buffalo Trace. Essentially, it just never went into the barrels, but wouldn't say it's the most flavorable thing, but maybe I should just look up on YouTube and see, you know, if there's some ideas that people have with it, whether it's a cocktail or, or some other way of drinking it that I'm not aware of. So any case, if you enjoyed this podcast episode, make sure to leave me a five-star review. That really does help me out. It means the world to me. Also, keep sending me your questions, Ryan at shareplanner.com, as you can see. I try to do as many podcast episodes off of your questions as possible, even follow-ups. So This is all about having a connection with you guys and answering your questions and growing as traders together. And finally, make sure to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. Send your questions to ryan at shareplanner.com. Thank you and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePlanner trading block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 